You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. All right, so we're in the middle of our series called Tribe City. And while we've been going through this series, we've learned uh, that it's better when we're together, right? Being solo isn't the way to do things. We also learned all about rhinos, right? Because when you go to church, you expect to learn all about all kinds of different animals and what they do and what happens in their uh, little communities. And, and for the rhinos, one of the things that we really, uh, really clung on to was the fact that when they start moving, they're pretty much unstoppable, right? Uh, and part of that is because they can't see very far in front of them. So even if they wanted to stop, they probably couldn't stop. Uh, but either way, whatever's on the other side of them needs to watch out because rhinos are going to be coming charging and, and it's nothing but bad news for whatever's in front of them. And that's pretty much how we want to be as far as a tribe is concerned. We want to be out in the world and changing it and, and moving forward together in an unstoppable fashion. And this idea has just been beaten over my head over the last few weeks, uh, mainly because of a book that I've been reading with my son. Uh, you know, like he's at the age where like every night it's almost the exact same book, like every single night. Uh, so uh, recently he got a book called These Are the Avengers. And uh, pretty much it's a rundown of all the comic book characters that are involved in the Avengers. And they kind of explain what each guy does or lady. Uh, so Captain America is strong, and his shield can't be broken. And when he throws it, it comes back to him every time. Uh, not only that, um, he's got a cool, you know, little America flag going on on him. So he's got that going for him. Then Iron Man has a suit that has special powers and shoots out lasers, and he's got all kinds of fun stuff going on. Uh, Thor has a hammer that has thunder come out of it and lightning, and it helps him fly. And then you've got the Hulk, right? The Hulk is very strong, so strong, and this is a direct quote from the book, so strong that he can even break bricks. Incredible. Yeah. So, um, so here's where the book is kind of like rattling around in my head all the time. At the end of it, it says, each hero is strong, but as a team they are stronger. I mean, even the Avengers children's book knows exactly what we've been talking about here at church. It's been messing with my brain every time I read it. But there's one part of the story that's, that I think is missing. Uh, you see, how did the Avengers go from all these great singular heroes to a fantastic group, a tribe, what they'll later call Earth's mightiest heroes. Now, now, how does this go? Like, they were hanging out, or, or they're fighting a bad guy one day, and in the middle of the fight, Iron Man, like, looks over and sees Captain America there, and is like, hey, Cap, that's a pretty dope uniform you got on there. Who's your tailor, dude? I, we, let's exchange numbers. Let's exchange information. I got to find out who your guy is. Or um, were they, like, on a group thread with, like, some some uh, mutual friends, and they're all like texting each other, and, and that's like, they're like, oh man, I like this guy, I like his style, let me keep on texting with him. Um, okay, let me just, that's ridiculous. Of course the Avengers didn't become friends like that, because we all know that if the Hulk was on a group text thread, and that thing kept on binging all day long, it's going to end in one way and one way only. Hulk smash, right? End in that phone, and it's out of there. Gotta love the Lou Ferrigno Hulk, right? He's the best. <laughs> so 
Well, I think it was probably a little bit more complicated than that. There was probably uh, some awkwardness and, and some different things that they had to deal with along the way. And you know what ends up happening is it's the same for a lot of us except with all the, without all the superpowers. Um, we all want to be in a tribe. We're all wired to be in community with people. But it's hard and it's awkward and you don't really understand how to get there. And for some of us, it's the hardest thing in the world to just like start a relationship or even just like talk with a stranger. That's one of the hardest things in the world for some people. I mean, you know, you're in there and you're like, well, what do I say? What do I say to them when I, I start talking to this person I don't know? How do I ask them questions about their life? Like, what do I, what do I ask? Or how do I tell them what I do without like being braggadocious about what I do, you know, because I'm pretty awesome. Uh, or how do I tell them about my life without being a super Debbie Downer? Or even, how can I have a conversation without giving off the vibe that I'm completely and totally desperate to be like really good friends with this person, right? You, you, I know y'all all know, got that person where you're like, man, if I could just be friends with that dude, he's so cool, he wears like awesome clothes and he can like dunk a basketball, I saw him do it that one time, you know, those are some of the qualifications for me. <laughs> cool clothes, dunking basketballs, we're in. Um, <laughs> so once you get past that initial awkward phase, let's say you get to the acquaintance phase, there's still awkwardness there because you guys aren't really friends at that point yet, right? So if you are one of those people that has issues with it, you're not alone. You see, I've had multiple conversations with people over the last few weeks who have been dealing with this exact issue, whether it's they don't have any friends around or they're looking to make a bunch of new friends, or they have a bunch of friends that are around, but they don't even really like them or feel like they're a part of that inner circle group that they really need. So um, both of these groups have expressed they don't have an outlet. They don't understand how to make these friends, which is totally normal. You see, in a recent New York Times article, Professor Rebecca G. Adams broke down this phenomenon like this. She said, as external conditions change, it becomes tougher to meet the three conditions that sociologists since the 1950s have considered crucial to making close friends. Proximity, repeated unplanned interactions, and a setting that encourages people to let their guard down and confide in each other. That's, this is why so many people meet their lifelong friends in college. So this makes total sense why it's so hard to make friends when you get older, right? When you're younger, you have school and you have all these people who are like the same age and kind of have the same basic interests and you just kind of like sit next to somebody and they become your friend because you're always sitting next to them and talking to them while the teacher's trying to make you do homework and stuff, you know? Um, and, but as you get older, you have to be way more intentional about making friends and being a part of a tribe. You have to build it, which brings us to our big idea for today. Building a tribe takes hard work. Building a tribe takes hard work. So one of the things I like uh, when I get a chance to read articles uh, like I did uh, in the New York Times or like in social sciences when they're dealing with this is a lot of times I read through it and I'm like, oh, I've seen something like that before. Or I, I know I've heard something like that. And as a matter of fact, there are places in the Bible where they lay down exactly what it looks like to start a tribe and maintain it. So let's look at the biblical character, Paul. 
You see, Paul started his life as a Jewish man uh, that persecuted Christians until one day there's a bright light that hits him and he's gone, he goes blind. And in that light, he hears Jesus. So Jesus gives him all these instructions to do and Paul, to his credit, follows all of them to a T. And at the end, he gets baptized in the name of Jesus and is able to see again. As you can imagine, Paul completely changed his life after that. He went from a dude that was persecuting Christians to a guy that was a champion of the gospel. He actually lived the rest of his life devoted to getting the gospel out there, getting the good news of Jesus Christ out there. So what he would do is he would travel from city to city and start preaching. Now, he wouldn't just like walk up on the side of a road or like get a soapbox out and just bullhorn and start yelling at people. He was very strategic about what he did. You see, the first thing he did whenever he got to a new town was he went to the Jewish temple because he was Jewish. So when he got there, he wanted to find some common ground with people. And what he, what he would find, there are three things that he would find in each uh, temple. It was one, there was a respect for the Old Testament. Two, they had similar theological concepts of, of how everything worked. And three, they had very similar cultural practices because they were all Jewish. So that's actually the first step that I want to talk to you guys about in building a tribe. You see, building a tribe takes common ground. Building a tribe takes common ground. So I want to do a quick experiment with you guys. Uh, y'all, y'all are actually the first ones I do this with. We didn't do it in the first service, so, so be excited about this. So if I want to, by a show of hands, and keep your hands up, if you like the Spurs, I want you to raise your hands. Okay, cool. Now, if you like the Cowboys also, continue to keep your hands up. If you don't like the Cowboys, put your hands down. Now, if you like, if you have a deep love for the state of Texas, keep your hands up. If you don't, put your hands down. So if you already had your hands down, keep them down. You can't enter back in. <laughs> you can't jump back into this one. You put your hand down, you're done. So the last one is, if you enjoy fantastic hamburgers, and that's like one of your favorite foods in the world, keep your hand up. If it's not, put your hand down. Okay. So all of you people with your hands up, we can be friends. (laughs) The rest of you, I don't even want to make eye contact with you. Just keep on walking. We have nothing in common. Um, But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's all about developing this common ground, guys. And that's what you want to have in your tribe. You want to have a basic understanding of one another when you can uh, go ahead and and move on. It helps out with so many things. Now, uh, for you guys, there's very easy practical steps that that you can take. If you had your hand raised, we can come and talk. I'll meet you guys right here and we'll hang out later. Um, But for the rest of you guys that I'm not interested in talking with, uh, I'm just kidding. I love all of you, just some more than others. So what you guys can do is go outside, and there's a bunch of green tables set up, and we have uh, 16 of our tribes represented out there. So out there, you can go out there, meet some people, find some like-minded folks, and join a tribe very easily. All you got to do is walk over there, 
put your name on the paper, maybe an email and a phone number, and you're set. You're a part of a tribe. It's that easy, and it'll be a tribe of like-minded people with the common ground that you have there. So let's jump back to Paul. So once Paul established that common ground with the tribe, what would he do next? So let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians, where Paul was writing to a group of his friends, and he is recalling how it all got started. So we'll look at 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 11. Uh, There he says, As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you, or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. So looking at this scripture, you can like totally feel the love that Paul has for this tribe that he helped create in uh, Thessalonica. You can see how open he is with the people too, right? So that's the next step in tribal building. Building a tribe takes honesty. Building a tribe takes honesty. If you want people to feel comfortable sharing stuff about their life, if you want them to share their life with you, well, you got to share it with them. And it's what Doug talked about a couple weeks ago with the rhinos, right? He was talking about how uh, they communicate in a handful of different ways and they know a lot of stuff about each other based off of their droppings and what they leave behind, right? Doug said that all these tribes of rhinos, all these crashes of rhinos uh, know each other's crap. And that's how it needs to be with us. For those of you that don't like that I said that, that's Doug's words, not mine. So (laughs) forward all complaints to Douglas Robbins. Thank you very much. So that's, how they, that's one of the ways they communicate with each other. And you've seen here from this stage, um, Doug or myself or anybody that comes up here and speaks, well, we share our crap with you guys. A lot of times we share stories that are very unflattering for us. But it's because we want you guys to be honest with us. We can't stand up here and act anything but inauthentic. Because then you guys are going to show up and act completely inauthentic too. So we want to make sure that we are as open and honest with you guys as possible when we're standing up here on the stage. And, you know, you see that in verses 8 and 10. It lays all of that out. Share your life. Be honest and faultless towards your tribe. So when it comes to tribal building, you got to be honest about who you are. But not only that, you got to be honest about what your tribe members are doing you got to tell a friend when they're going down the wrong path. you got to help them out of the bad situations that they are putting themselves in. Just like it says in verse 12, plead, encourage, and urge them to live their lives in a way that God considers worthy. However, when you do this, it can't be in a condemning way. It has to be out of love, which brings us to our next point of the tribal building. Building a tribe takes familial love. Building a tribe takes familial love. You gotta love your tribe like you love your family. 
For some of you, you've got to love your tribe more than you love your family. And that's okay, too. You see, Paul loves his folks there in Thessalonica. In verse 9, he calls them brothers and sisters. And in verse 11, Paul says that they treated each of them as a father treats his own children. That's with love. Now, for you to have a group of people that are strong and willing to have each other's back at every turn, you got to love each other like you love your family. It reminds me of this great, fantastic, super deep theologian that I like to, uh, to see every now and then, uh, Vin Diesel. And he said this in his most recent, critically acclaimed film, Fast 7. He said, I don't have friends. I got family. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to that one family member that was clapping for me. I'm sorry that's way more Batman than it is Vin Diesel, but, but we're going to roll with it. Just give me grace here, please. So that's like exactly what I was thinking as I was going through this. I kept on, Vin Diesel kept on ringing through my head of, I don't got friends, I got family, right? And that's exactly what we want you guys to build into your tribes. Your goal is to help build a familiar love in your tribe. It's, but once you get that love, there's one more thing that you have to do, and it's probably the most important thing when it comes to building a tribe. You see, building a tribe takes sharing the good news. Building a tribe takes sharing the good news. Now, for those of you that are believers, this has got to be one of the most important things in your life, period. And you see it there in verse 9. Paul was happy to have built a great tribe, but above everything else, he was there to share the good news. And he, of all people, understood exactly how a life could change because of the good news. He went from a guy persecuting to a guy championing. He knew who Jesus was and what he was all about. He knew that Jesus isn't this dude that's like waiting around every corner, right? Just ready to spring out and go, ha, you messed up. Good luck on your own now, bro. That's not Jesus. He's a friend. He's someone that loves us. And it says that in John 15, 15. There it says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Jesus is the one that the good news is all about. For those of you that don't know, that you came in here and you're, not, and you're like, man, good news, good news. Okay, like what's, what is that? What, what are you talking about? Let me explain it to you. So God came down to earth in human form, form of Jesus. He lived a sinless life and then sacrificed his life, gave up his life and died on the cross. Now by doing that, he took on all of the sin of the world of every single person, not just a little piece of this guy's and, you know, a little bit more of this lady's, but every single sin that was committed. He took on it. He was responsible for it at that point. Then he was placed in a tomb where he remained for three days, and then he was resurrected to life and later ascended into heaven. Now, when you believe that this is true, you receive his spirit. The Holy Spirit 
and it dwells within you. Not only that, but this belief is what gets you a ticket into heaven. It's called salvation. You see, Jesus is the greatest friend that any of you could ever ask for. And one of the first people to really help me understand this was my grandma Yaya. And she's there with my son Jude, having a good time at her house. As you can see, she's got all the crosses and cool stuff on her wall um, because that was one of the things that, that she had going for her. She was someone that definitely helped shape my life. For her, uh, there was like never too much rain to be happy and enjoy it. She would actually like take my dad and uh, my aunt and uncle outside when it was raining and they would play in puddles and have a good time. Uh, you know, life was never too tough to be silly. Um, and things were never so bad that you couldn't wear a smile. And part of the reason for this incredible optimism was her faith. She was a praying woman that enjoyed going to church like, I, like you can see there, had crucifixes on the wall, was all about that. When she lit a candle to pray, she would pray to a sacred heart. And I remember one time I was like, hey, Grandma, why, why do you pray to that and not like, you know, another saint or whatever, like I've seen other people do? What, what, what's the deal with that? And she said, mijo, I know the other saints are nice and everything, but sacred heart, that's Jesus. Now, those saints might have done some good things, but nothing is as good as what Jesus did. He was God, and he sacrificed everything for us. She got it. She understood what Jesus was all about, how he gave up his life for us. And he didn't do it to, like, drop hammers on us, right, after the fact. He did it because he's our friend. He did it because he loves us. Now what's cool is she would tell me all the time, you know, I just like to walk around the house and I'm just like carrying on a conversation with Sacred Heart throughout the day, just me and him talking back and forth and that's just how I like to do things. People must think I'm crazy when they come in, come in the house and they see me in the kitchen talking to myself, but just talking to Sacred Heart. It was a, it, it's been a friendship that I've rarely seen in anyone. So this past Wednesday morning, as my grandma laid in her bed, surrounded by loved ones, she breathed her last breath. And I know where she went. I know right now, she has started to spend her eternity with her friend, the one she always spoke to. Now, of course, our family's sad because we're going to miss her. But there's also an underlying joy knowing that she's there in heaven. And she's not there because she was such a sweet lady, even though she was. And she's not there because she loves people so well, even though she did. And it's not because she went to church every Sunday and said all the right prayers and did all the right things, even though she did all that. It's because she simply believed in the good news. She simply believed that Jesus died on the cross for her sins. 
So let me ask you a question. When your day comes and you're no longer with us, will your family be relieved that you're in a better place? Or will they sit there and wonder where you are? Right here, right now, you can make a decision that could change your eternity. So let's all bow our heads. If you're someone who isn't completely sure where you're going to end up when your life is over, whether you've said you're a Christian your whole life or you came in today and you didn't know anything, but if there's a, any doubt, I want you to pray something like this along with me. Jesus, I've gone my whole life not fully knowing who you are. Right here, right now, I'm saying I believe that, I, that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you are the one and only way to salvation. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for calling me a friend. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, I just want you to look up at me. And I just want to thank you. And I just want you to know that today you've made the greatest friend, you've made the greatest decision that you could ever make in your entire life. And because of that, your eternity is completely different. So let's go ahead and continue to pray. Lord, I ask that you would continue to bless each and every person sitting in here. And I ask that you would stir in all of us. Help us continue to build our tribes in the best way possible. We all love you. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.